0: Yeah, Sally's right about the whole Thanksgiving holiday this week. Um, Jan found a article, a blog written by somebody from a newspaper that was actually came off as somewhat of a humorous but bitter diatribe about Thanksgiving as a holiday being taken over by Black Friday with our commercialism and consumerism taking the forefront ahead of Thanks Ahead of a nation who needs to be grateful before God. And, you know, I considered it, I actually I took the whole article, which was like 1,500 words, quite a, quite a long article, and culled it down to about 600 words, cutting out a lot of his flair and stuff. And I thought, you know, I'm going to share this this morning. And the more I thought about it, the more I thought, no, it's just this kind of funny but still very negative view of where we want to go and I just don't want to go there. This morning I want to talk about Thanksgiving. We're almost on the Christmas season and it seems like Christmas with all its commercialism tends to overshadow this thing called Thanksgiving. But we are a people who need to be thankful. We need to cultivate an attitude of gratitude before God. Here's a list of some thankful things that housewives are typically thankful for, and it's just kind of a humorous look at what housewives tend to be thankful for. (laughs) They're thankful for automatic dishwashers because they make it possible for us to get out of the kitchen before the family comes back for their after-dinner snacks. (laughs) They're thankful for husbands who attack small repair jobs around the house because they usually make them big enough to call in the professionals. (laughs) I can relate to that one. I'm the professional, (laughs) For children who put away their things and clean up after themselves, they're such a joy, you hate to see them go home to their own parents. For teenagers, because they give parents an opportunity to learn a second language, sometimes type a second language for those of you that are learning how to text or understand and interpret texts. Thankful for smoke alarms, because they let you know when the turkey is done. Folks, the holidays are upon us, no matter how you look at it. And they came so fast. I don't know about you, but I remember last year's Christmas sermon series, okay? When I can remember last year's Christmas sermon series, then it was only a month or two ago, right? Because I'm, I'm old now and my memory slips. Ask Dave this morning. How many times did we, we have a senior moment this morning, Dave? I'm not, sh- <laughs> I'm not sure we want to admit to that, you know. But um, it happened more than once, let me tell you. Just setting up, it happened more than once this morning. You know, I'm not sure I ever really thought about this too much. But isn't it interesting that the holiday season, really what are the holy days, okay? Because that is what holiday is. The holy day season starts with Thanksgiving. Do you ever think about that? I'm not sure that the correlation there was intentional, but I like the fact nonetheless. We should start our holy days, our holidays with thanks being a person of thanks having this attitude of gratitude is not just a good idea that scripture puts forth for us it's actually a commandment in scripture 1st Thessalonians 5:16 through 18 says be joyful always pray continually give thanks in all circumstances for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus that's really not an option okay To be joyful, to pray continually, and to be thankful in every circumstance because this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Yeah, I was talking about you, Dave. Sorry. (laughs) I was talking about me, too. I was telling on me, too. Yeah, I did. (laughs) Listen, thanksgiving is a command, it's not optional. If it was optional, it'd be a suggestion. Commands are like that. Commands are something that are meant to be done. Ephesians 5.19 says, Speak to one another with psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Sing and make music in your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks in your heart to God for everything. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Colossians 3.17 says, Whatever you do, got that? Whatever you do. Whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Paul really doesn't leave any room in those statements for debate. It's a command. Whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all. What's left out of all? Nothing. Do it all in the name of Jesus. Do it all with thanks. Commandments in Scripture folks, are not about authority. They're about love. Now, I know that sounds kind of weird because we tend to think of commandments as something that uh, is passing down rules or regulations, uh, the do this, the don't do that. But in Scripture, that's not exactly true. You see, every command of Scripture had a reason behind it, and every reason goes back to the God who gave the commandment, and the God who gave the commandment, according to Scripture, is love, 1 John 4:7, Right? If that's true, then every command comes out of God's love for us. You look at, at Leviticus and Deuteronomy, and you know, I don't know if you've ever read through those books. They're crazy books to read through. Okay? There's a whole lot of uh, what you would call civil law in those, those books, a whole lot of things where you know if this man over here kills your donkey, you're entitled to this, this, and this. Okay, A lot of civil law there, but there's also a lot of religious or spiritual law But every law is relational. Every law is about how we get along with one another. And in the absence of a true relationship with God, those laws were necessary to give people some kind of guidance in how they get along with one another and how they treat their own bodies, the dietary laws. Dietary laws are weird, okay? When you stop and look at it, they're just very strange. But there were a reason behind that. You know, one of the things that, that they weren't allowed to eat was pork. Why? Well, they didn't have refrigerators. They didn't know how to cook it. And you get all kinds of ugly little parasites from pork. If you don't preserve it correctly, cook it correctly, that stuff will kill you. So there were reasons why God told them, don't do this. Those laws, those commands are really not about rules, though. They're really about relationship. They're about love. We just have a tendency to see them like rules. But God is about relationship. He's not about checklists. That's why Jesus said in John 14, 15, if you love me, you will obey what I command. You see how he made that relational? It's not a checklist, okay? It's not a, 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 a to-do list. If you love me, relationship, then you'll, you'll do what I command. It's that simple. It's not about having to, to pull our bootstraps up, ourselves up with the bootstraps and make sure we get it all right. It's about falling in love with Jesus. And when we do, then we'll want to do the things that make that relationship work better and better, that make that relationship more intimate. Love is about relationships, so biblical commands are relational commands. And commands, again, in the Bible, are for our good. They're not for our discomfort. For whatever reason, we get this mindset that God was out to somehow make life difficult on us with all these commands. He really didn't. John 15, 9 says, As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Now, remain in my love. If you obey my commands, then you will remain in my love, just as I've obeyed the Father's commands and remained in his love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. You see, the command wasn't there just for you to follow a rule. The command was there to bring joy to your life. First, God's joy in you and that your joy would be then made complete because of the relationship that you have with him. So if giving thanks, folks, is not optional because it is a command, okay? If giving thanks is basically relational because it's about love, and if giving thanks is about our good because when we follow those commands, it's better for us, then it stands to reason that we should be a people of constant gratitude, of perpetual thanks, right? 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 Makes sense to me, of course it does. So why is it that pretty much every sermon I've ever heard or read and pretty much every every book ever written on the subject of thanksgiving declares the fact that we are increasingly less and less thankful as a people? It's almost like we're running away from the very thing we desperately need, isn't it? Actually, it's pretty much exactly like we're running away from the very thing that we need. Why? Well, I could be wrong, but I do have a theory. I always have a theory. I always have a theory. We're headed the wrong direction because we've bought into a lie, probably more than one lie. So I'd like to take a look at Thanksgiving through the lens of truth and expose the lies that we, we get into and, and, and what compromises our ability to be people of perpetual gratitude. And we miss out because of that on the promise that Thanksgiving holds for us. So let's stop and pray. And then I'm going to go back to 1 Thessalonians 5. and We're going to kind of lean on that scripture through the morning. Heavenly Father, I just want to come before you as a person of thanks, as a person of gratitude, because you are amazing. Every song that we sang this morning was about you and how amazing you are. We sing to the King. Why? because you're so good to us and Satan's defeated. And we can sing hallelujah, that's for our good that Jesus defeated him on the cross. You are the Lord of all creation. Everything that that we have, everything that surrounds us, every possible blessing in our life came from your hand. And yes, we messed a lot of it up, Father, but I'm so grateful that you chose then to redeem us from our own mess-ups. And I'm grateful that that's the kind of God that you are. God, teach us. Let your word speak to us like we sang. Reveal your heart to us. That we might change, be transformed, and really, in just the encounter with your word, through your Holy Spirit, apply this word to our lives this morning. In Jesus' name. Amen. According to 1 Thessalonians 5.18, we're to give thanks in all circumstances. Everything that we do, according to Colossians 3.17, that's not a suggestion. It's a commandment in all things. And I think it's fair to say just from those two references that God takes thanksgiving, not the holiday, okay, but the act of giving thanks, he takes it seriously. In a sense, gratitude is an expression of modesty. Probably never thought of it that way. Gratitude is an expression of modesty. In the Hebrew, the word for gratitude is hodaha. It is the same word that is used for confession. To offer thanks is to confess Dependence to confess or acknowledge that others have the power to benefit you. Ultimately, God has the power to benefit you. To admit that your life is better because of that benefit, because of the effort of other people or God on your behalf. When you apply that idea to our lives as believers, it carries the meaning of acknowledging our dependence on God. That's what thanks actually does. Yes, it's an expression of gratitude, but it's this humbling expression of gratitude that says, I am grateful that you're in my life. It really is an expression of modesty, humility. Now, think of 1 Thessalonians 5.16 in those terms, okay? If that's the Hebrew idea behind Thanksgiving, that it's a confession of dependence, let me reread 1 Thessalonians 5.16 be joyful always. Pray continually, confessing your dependence on God in all circumstances. Doesn't that change that just a little bit? Almost makes it easier to to, to consider how do I move forward with this? For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. When you see it that way, the first two statements of being joyful always and praying continually, they become really powerful. Be joyful always. Talk about joy in the Christian life. How should we be the happiest people on the planet? Why is it that we seem to struggle in this area so often? Not being able to to really hold on to joy. Now, Sally probably didn't start out her morning mad or angry at the traffic. She got that way on the way here, right? Okay. (laughs) We don't usually lose it by accident. Something comes in to try to steal it away, right? And there is a lie there when we allow the enemy to have that kind of power in our life. I'd like to think that, you know, I don't want to give the enemy any benefits at all. I don't want to give him any credit. I don't want to give him any power over my life. And yet, I know that I do those things. I know that I can live one moment happy and content, and the next moment become frustrated and angry because something didn't go the way I thought it should go, especially when I'm behind the wheel of a car. It's Yeah, that's, that's an easy place for me to, to, to lose my joy. But get this. As a believer in Christ, you don't have to lose your joy. That's your option. That's your choice. You can hold on to it or you can give it away, but Satan cannot really steal it from you. He doesn't have that kind of power. It's up to you as to whether you hold on to it. And it's up to the choice that you make. We just have this proclivity to give it up too easily. I know I do. Maybe it's because true joy, real happiness, actually comes through confessing our dependence on God. And when we we forget that, it's really easy to let it slip, let it slide. In our culture, dependence is not a power word. In fact, it's not even a positive word. Dependence on God is usually seen as a weakness, as someone needing a crutch to get them through life. The reality is actually the opposite. Thanksgiving is a confession of dependence. It, it really gives us an opportunity, a pathway, of leaning into the source of real power for living. When I do that, it releases a sustainable joy in my life. I believe that joy, like love, is one of the most powerful mindsets on the planet. It really is. It changes atmospheres. It changes families. It changes communities. Love is, is, is an incredible, powerful mindset, and joy is just like that. I love this story coming out of, uh, of Houston, Texas, about Joel Osteen and his church and, and a, a, just a checker in a line at a grocery store. And this lady comes through, and, and she's just kind of bubbly, and she's got her, her package. And the lady looks up, she, you must be from that church. Huh? You must be from that church, that big church. Uh, yeah. Why do you say that? Well, because every time one of you comes through the line, you're always happy. <laughs> wow. Wow. What a difference. A little bit of happiness can make. What a difference in the atmosphere around your life if you bring that contagious, inspirational, revelational joy with you wherever you go. You ever been around a really joyful person? Just, you know, ever been on a really joyful person? They change the atmosphere wherever they go. It doesn't matter where they go. It's hard to stay angry or even melancholy in the presence of a truly joyful person. It's this contagious thing. Truly joyful people, they just they see life differently. They help us to take our focus off of our problems, so that we can see the possibilities. They inspire you to think differently about your circumstances. Their joy is contagious because they're thankful. The other power that Thanksgiving wields for us is in praying continually. How many of you pray continually? You know, that, that, that's part of the command here? Try to. Try to, okay. That's part of the command, to pray continually. They have a running conversation, so to speak, with God, to pray continually. Now, Thanksgiving is a really easy way to keep the conversation going. If you think about it, perpetually confessing your dependence on God in all circumstances. I don't know about you, but praying continually is a huge challenge. For me, that challenge, that commandment, is so much different and so more attainable when I think of prayer as simply an opportunity to give thanks. It makes it personal. It makes it relational, which is exactly what it's supposed to be. It's about relationship. It's not about rules. John 14, 15. If you love me, you will obey what I command. Being a people of thanksgiving will never happen if we see thanksgiving as a commandment or a rule to follow. It'll only happen as thanksgiving flows out of a personal, intimate relationship with Jesus. I once told my wife after an extended period of frustration in my life that I intended from this point forward to be impressively happy. I was resolved in myself to be happy, to live a happy life. Now, that may be sound a little childish, maybe a little naive. And yes, it was. To think that I could simply declare something like that and that just speaking it could bring it into a reality, like turn the power and suddenly everything changed. Just the power of my own self-determination. Kind of sounds like folly, doesn't it? But you know what? There is great power in declaration. It's important to understand where that power comes from. It's not my own self-determination. It's from a relationship with the most powerful person in the universe. Actually, he stands outside of the universe, but it's easier to say it that way. To be attached to the source of joy allows me to be an impressively happy person. You know, when I'm not impressively happy, I detach myself. Spoke about this a month or two ago, right? When we take our hand out of the hand of God, where do we put it? Into the hand of the enemy. And as soon as we do that, joy gets sucked out of us our thanks stops all we're doing is looking at our problems all we're doing is looking at the things that are going wrong in our life why because we're tapped into the wrong power source it's like I took my hand and I stuck it in this socket over here and the electricity didn't get along with my body okay everything went wrong what do you do when that happens get your hand out of the socket let's not be stupid about this okay? Yeah, it's not brain surgery, exactly. This is not rocket science. Get your hand back where it belongs, in the hand of God. How do you do that? Thanksgiving. How do you do that? By giving thanks. Again, it is about a confession of dependence on God. Give thanks. That'll take your hand out of the hand of the enemy, because why? You can't focus on the enemy when you're giving thanks to God, can you? The two are, are, are just not compatible, You want to live a thankful life, a joyful life? Connect yourself over here by giving thanks. You want to live a life of continual prayer, as we're commanded to do? Do it with thanks. It's really not hard in terms of what you can come up with. I don't know about you, but it doesn't take much to start thinking about the things I'm grateful for. I can think of a lot of things I'm not grateful for. Okay. And I'm not saying that that's not easy too, but once I start thinking of the grateful things, of the things that, that are, are just amazing in my life, and there's, there's so many of them, they build on one another. They just keep going. I was once asked by a, an elder, he was really struggling. Uh, this is an elder of a church that I used to be at. What do I do? I come home from work, and I bring all my problems home, and then I take them out of my family. It's just a real honest, heartfelt, I don't know what to do. And at the the time, you know, I'm thinking, oh, Lord, I need to help this man, and I have no answer for him. I'm not sure why he's doing what he's doing. I'm not a psychologist. Lord, uh, give me something for this guy. And you know what came to my brain? An old hymn. Count your blessings, name them one by one. Count your blessings, see what God has done. And so this is what I challenged him to do. I said, you know what? It takes you an hour or so to get home from work. It's your commute. When you get in the truck, start counting your blessings. Count your blessings all the way home. You know that old hymn. If you have to sing that hymn to get your mind in the right place, sing that hymn to get your mind in the right place. But if you will count your blessings on the way home, your mindset will be different when you walk in the house. Now, I'm really grateful to God that he downloaded that one to me because I had no idea where to go with that until that idea came across, and I'm sure it wasn't mine. I'm sure it was God's. And I would give you that same mindset today, that same shift in your thinking. If you're having a hard time, struggling, frustrated, find yourself angry, start plugging yourself into the source of joy through thanksgiving. Start naming, counting the blessings that you have. Max Lucado tells a story about living as an American in Brazil. One day, he was walking along the street on his way to the university to teach a class, and he felt a tug on his pant leg. Turning around, he saw this little boy, maybe five, six years old. He had dark beady eyes and a dirty little face. The little boy looked up at the big American and said, ''Bread, sir?'' He was just a little beggar boy. Lucado said, ''There are always little beggar boys in the streets of Brazil.'' Usually I turn away from them because there are so many you just can't feed them all. But there was something so compelling about this little boy that I couldn't turn away. So taking his hand, I said, come with me. And I took him into a coffee shop, and Max told the owner, I'll have a cup of coffee and give the the boy uh, pastry, whatever he wants. Uh, Give him whatever he needs. And Max went down the counter, the other end of the store, He got his cup of coffee and he kind of forgot about the little boy because, well, usually little beggar boys get the bread that they want and then they run back out the street and they just disappear. But this one didn't. After he got his pastry, he went over to Max and he just stood there until Max felt those staring little eyes on him. And he turned and he looked at him and standing up, his eyes just about hit Max's belt buckle. But slowly those eyes came up until they met mine, he said. And the little boy holding his pastry in one hand looked up at me and said, Thank you, sir. Thank you very much. Lucato said, I was so touched by that little boy's thanks that I would have bought him the whole store. I actually sat there for the next 30 minutes late for my class just thinking about this little boy." who came back and said, thank you. Now think about what that does in our psyche. Somebody who gives thanks, who just is compelled to be thankful. Think about that in the context of being then thankful before God. That little boy's thankful was so powerful that it stunned Max into missing his class, a class that he was, by the way, teaching. That's how relational a thank you can be. Maybe it'd be wrong to suggest this, but when was the last time you stunned Jesus like that? Would he be stunned? When was the last time you went to him with only thanksgiving on your lips? You know, I want to give you a challenge here. A challenge for your week. I've kind of gotten into this idea of giving challenges for the week because I need them for my own life. Here's the challenge. At some point this week, spend some time with Jesus doing just one thing, being thankful. Nothing else, no agenda, no prayer concerns, no requests, no petitions before God, okay? Just be thankful. Be thankful for as many things as you can think of. And I'm gonna give you a few ideas here, okay? I found this neat little thing online, and I thought, you know what? This is cool, it's called I'm Thankful For. I'm thankful for the taxes I pay. Because it means I'm employed, right? You see, you know what? Thanks isn't that hard to find when you think about it for a minute. I'm thankful for the clothes that fit a little too snug because it means I have enough to eat. Maybe more than enough to eat. (laughs) I'm thankful for my shadow who watches me work because it means that I'm out in the sunshine. I'm thankful for a lawn that needs mowing, windows that need cleaning, and gutters that need fixing because it means I have a home, a roof over my head. I'm thankful for the spot I find at the far end of the parking lot because it means I'm capable of walking. I'm thankful for my huge heating bill in the winter because it means I'm warm. I'm thankful... For all the complaining I hear about our government because it means we have freedom of speech. I'm thankful for the lady behind me in church who sings off-key because it means that I can hear. (laughs) (laughs) I'm thankful for the piles of laundry and ironing because it means my loved ones are nearby. (laughs) I'm thankful. This this is going to be a little harder for writing this. I'm thankful for the alarm that goes off early in the morning hours because it means I'm still alive. I'm thankful for weariness, for aching muscles at the end of the day because it means that I've been productive. Folks, the art of thanksgiving, it's gratitude in action. It is thanking God for the gift of life by living life fully, abundantly, triumphantly. It's thanking God for your talents and your abilities by accepting them as obligations to be invested for the kingdom's sake. It's thanking God for all men and women have done for you because God compelled them to. Because they loved him, they could love you. It's thanking God for happiness by striving to make others happy, being part of that kingdom movement. It's thanking God for beauty by helping to make the world a more beautiful place. It's thanking God for inspiration by trying to be an inspiration to those around you. Take some time this week to be thankful before God, to lay aside the petitions and the requests and thank him for things. Thanking for things that you probably would have never thanked Him before by figuring out a way to be thankful for them. Even paying taxes. Thanksgiving, the command to be thankful, is not about putting another burden on us, another rule, another regulation. It's actually about our benefit. Dennis Prager, author of Happiness is a Serious Problem says, there is a secret to happiness, and it is gratitude. All happy people are grateful people, and ungrateful people cannot be happy. Interesting. We tend to think that it's about being happy. When you're unhappy, we complain, right? That's how we see it. If someone's unhappy, then they're a complainer. But it's actually truer to say that It's complaining that leads people to become unhappy. If you become grateful, you will become a much, much happier person. This is just an observation, but it helps to explain the Judeo-Christian tradition of being thankful before God, because it's not just ours. It started with the Jews, and, and we inherited it. The liturgy filled with expressions of thanks, like it's good to give thanks to the Lord in Psalm 92. Why? Because God needs our gratitude? No, God doesn't need anything. It's because we need it. We need our gratitude, folks. Learning to be thankful, whether to God or to other people, is the best vaccination against taking good fortune for granted. The less you take for granted, the more pleasure and joy life will bring to you. We're a people who desperately, desperately need to have joy in our lives. And I say that because I'm keenly aware of just how hard the enemy tries to steal our joy at every moment. I believe that cultivating joy is about cultivating an attitude of gratitude, a heart of thanksgiving. You want to be more joyful? then be more thankful. There's no clearer pathway into joy than thanksgiving. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I pray that you would give us moments this week, minutes, even hours, of true thanksgiving. Not obligated thanksgiving, not just when we gather around the thanksgiving table and we pray for what's in front of us, And we acknowledge your goodness through the year. But times apart from that as well, where we just spend time being grateful for all of the blessings that we've received and the blessings we know that are coming too because by faith we declare your goodness through thanksgiving. And we can thank you in advance for the abundance you bring to our life, the abundance of having you in our life. Father, help us to become people of incredible thanks, that we might be people of sustainable joy, of atmosphere-changing joy and happiness. In Jesus' name, amen.